0: I now have a health insurance for myself because Thai politicians, the insurance company, don't sell health insurance to politicians in Thailand. Yes. Because they say, I always ask that, and they say, oh, you have an unstable job. You may be out of your job anytime, you know, kick out of office or.
1: Welcome to Brood in Bangkok, the podcast about the people you meet in the city that makes a hard man crumble. It's your host, Karsten. Today I'm here with the former Secretary General of the Prime Minister of Thailand, who's actually also the cousin of another former Prime Minister of Thailand, except that the cousin was on the opposing political side. It's Suranand Vejajiva, and today he is here to give us a look behind the scenes. We'll find out how he went from having a Che Guevara poster hanging in his bedroom as a teenager to becoming an important figure in Thai politics. He will talk about his latest venture, Brainwake Cafe, and how he came to actually start that after his political career ended, or as he put it, retired currently and he will be sharing his insights that he gained as a politician we will be talking about all the little special things that make up Thai society because as someone who's not only gone to one of the elite schools in Thailand but as a kid of a Thai diplomat has also seen the international school systems in Sri Lanka Argentina had a lot of exposure to the US where he also studied at Columbia University He is not only someone who knows the specifics of Thailand's client-patron relationships, but who's also seen the West Wing and can share his opinions on that. If you want to know more about him, you better listen to the show very closely. Enjoy. You're kind of famous, right? Kind of. People know you. (laughs) I hope in a good way. Okay, what
0: would they know you as? A politician who now semi-retired due to circumstances in this country, and now opening a coffee shop, a cafe a restaurant actually. It's not just a coffee shop, it's an all day breakfast place. People kind of know that I have this kind of two lives. One is a former politician, cabinet, cabinet minister and secretary to the prime minister. And now a coffee shop, a cafe owner. OK, which one is more fun? Which one is more fun? Um, It's different lives. I mean, throughout my life, my career, I changed career a lot. You know, I started off with working for the government as a technocrat and then gone into business, come back to go go into politics, got out of politics the first time, go into media and then came back to politics again and now a restaurant. So... I'm 55 now. I changed since I graduated from school. My, lo- my life kind of changed every five years.
1: You went to probably the most well known Thai business school, Sasin, right? Yes,
0: that was after I came back from the States. Okay. Actually, I got my bachelor's degree at Williams College, a uh-huh. liberal arts college in, in Massachusetts and then i got my graduate degree at columbia university in international affairs so when i came back i worked for the government at national economic and social development board being this lowly economist lowly technocrat start from the bottom i was there for 5 years and then with a series of things i came left i joined a real estate company and about yeah about 1995 which is 10 years after i left graduate school I feel that I need to refresh up on things that are changing and at that point in my life I was in business so we're not going to a business school and Satsingh is one of the best you know programs Uh, they have two programs actually they have a regular MBA and I have this MM Master of Management which I took and I made a lot of friends there and learned a lot of new things which I didn't learn, you know, in college or in my graduate school or my work. Some
1: people might say that's the main purpose of going to Sassin, to make friends. No, actually, Sasin
0: gave you a good education. Mm. A lot, a lot in Thailand there are a lot of courses of course that are purely networking. But Sasin actually, because they have this joint program with Kellogg University, uh, Kellogg School of Northwestern University, so. They, could, they were both strong in academic they would have no nonsense academic there but because you know a lot of people have already worked and come back to school it's a good time for middle management networking mm-hmm. uh, so, so I got that too
1: How would you compare the kind of education you received in Thailand versus the American education which you had before I mean um,
0: The American education that I got I was lucky that I got accepted to both best school, you know, Williams was the number one liberal arts college in the States and Columbia, of course, has its own reputation. It was, I couldn't compare it with Sassin because it's a, for the business school is for people who already worked. But my experience with Thai universities is that American universities is more rigorous. They discipline you more. They make you think out of the box more, and the academic is, is quite serious. A lot of Thai universities don't really... They have good programs, there are many good programs, but a lot of, most of them are a little bit too relaxed. And I think I find that a lot of my friends or a lot of business when I go into... People who graduate from Thai universities, they have good intention. They want to do things, but the academic or the knowledge they have is not enough. They have to find more. So people who are successful are the people who kind of grab for more by themselves. Read more, learn more, go back to school, and things like that. So I think Thai universities sometimes don't prepare your prepare graduates as to be ready to get into life. Than American universities mm-hmm. or Western universities.
1: How do you remember those days in school?
0: Which one in Your, the states? Yeah. Oh, at Williams, I hated. You hated. I it? hated the college.
1: But isn't it that like you know? You,
0: it is it, one of the best, but it's so tough. Being a, a Thai, uh, I went. My I spent my last year in high school in the states, mm-hmm. which I think that's why it got, it got me into a, a, a American college, a good American college, but. It was so tough. The, the work was so hard. And Williams College is out of nowhere, you know. It's like in the northeastern part of Massachusetts, near upper state, New York. So it's so cold and everything. But I hated when I was there. But once my career started to develop, and at this point in life, you know, actually at, at the point that I achieved what I achieved, and I was satisfied with that achievement. I appreciate what I learned at Williams much more. Because Williams was a liberal arts college, they trained you in all sorts of things, you know, you have to take art history, you have to, have to take language, you have to take science, and it's a multidisciplinary thing. And I don't remember much what I learned, but I know that the way I'm thinking, the way I was able to work, solve problem, analyze and get things done is what I learned at that college.
1: Were you staying on campus? Were you staying with family? Yes. Or were you staying on campus in the dorm four years. And were you like only sticking with the ties? Like a lot of ties no. when they go abroad. They because just, like, Williams
0: College is one of the places that I have very few ties. Hmm. When, I was, when I was a freshman there was no tie at all in the college. So you were there all alone? Yes.
1: That is and very then, unusual and for And then
0: a, when I was in my junior year, there were two more coming in. Williams has changed I have a lot more ties now. There is a small economic development school there, which um, NESDB sends their scholarship technocrats for a one-year program. So there are probably two more ties that I know. Actually, in my third year, my junior year, one of the Thais who went there was Dr. Arkom, who is now the present Minister of Transport. Mm-hmm. So I know him then. Then when I come back and work for NSTB, we meet again. Destiny or not, I don't know.
1: Okay. Uh-huh. Do, do you think maybe that this kind of isolation was also part of the reason why you found it, why you hated it at, there? Or?
0: Yes, yes. But it, 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 it was. It was then. But now I appreciate more because you have to rely on yourself it makes you more independent it makes me more independent it makes me more it forced me to do things myself and to solve the problem myself and you know at those time in the 80s in the late 70s early 80s there's no communication it's not there's no mobile phone you cannot Skype or FaceTime with your mom and dad all the time and friends so you know so you kind of have to stay there learn how to live with the other students which I, I made a lot of good friends there
1: are you still in touch with them um,
0: and this is the wonder of um, social media so we got back in touch after Facebook you know suddenly uh-huh. everybody kind of find everybody else especially me because I'm out of the states and a lot of my friends was asking who, what happened to that Thai guy you know you but mean, now like, he defa- what? guess what I'm here <laughs> in my junior year in high school I spent time in Argentina because my father was ambassador there I'm telling this because one those high school friends in Argentina also got in touch with me mm-hmm. through Facebook. Oh. Suddenly they found this, you know, uh, Suranan, and they said, "Oh, this is a Thai guy I know." So they kind of get in touch.
1: Before you, were you ever going to school in Thailand?
0: Yes, I was at uh, Satit Patumwan. I was at actually Satit Prasarnmit when I was young, primary school here. Mm-hmm. Uh, because my house is my. This has always been my, my neighborhood. Uh-huh. So my house is my my old house is next to the school, at the primary at Satit Pasanmit.
1: Satit One is pretty much the most competitive Thai school. Yeah,
0: right? after after Satit I got into Satit One. It must have been very good. Um, I don't know, lucky maybe. Did you have a lot of tutoring? No, no, no. Back Actually, then in, back then, no. Back then, Thai Thai schools don't have you know this extra. You don't go to tutoring school, you know You have fun, you play soccer You kick around with your friends And go home Do you think that's better than it's now? That's of course better, much better I mean, I, mean, I don't, I never I understand the competitiveness Of Thai, Thai academic uh, Or the pressure that their parents Put on their children Because the nation We built this competitiveness um, But I don't agree that's the right thing I, I, there are, you know, like in American high school, yes, there are periods that you are required to do extra work if you need to, or if you want to take the SATs, for example, you, you know, you buy a course and you go tutoring about that. But it's not like all the time tutoring. It's not like, okay, you've spent already six hours, seven hours in school, and then you have to run around going to this special class. Which actually, you know, sometimes have the same T-shirt in the high school because they are making money out of the school. The academic work that the school give you is enough to get you through, you know, the next step in life in mm-hmm. your education in mm-hmm. your pursuit of higher education. But not anymore, and I don't know why. Maybe, co- maybe because we put too much for ties. I think we push too much on exams passing exams, which you need, you know, tutoring and things like that. I think we, this is my personal belief and one of the reasons I went into politics, because I don't believe in this system. You probably have to blame the way we structure this schooling system and the way we should be able to provide good teachers, good quality teachers, train them well, which we didn't. Hmm which we don't, actually it's not the past tense, it is still at present. You know, people go go into the teaching career before, they're trying to change it now, is the people who cannot get into other higher schools, like being a doctor or being an engineer. So people go to teacher's college, not because they're the smartest, but because they have nowhere else to go. I don't blame them I mean it's not their fault mm. but that's the only thing they could do and at, when they enter the system a lot of people a lot of people graduate from those schools are basically fine and I know a lot of them but when they get into the system the pay is low there's no real welfare and they end up you know having to do other jobs which make them lose concentration in in teaching I guess there's problem everywhere in the world except you know the Scandinavians who got it down mm.
1: but what do you think would happen if you say, okay, everybody has to send their kids to public school? Do you think there would be more of a will to change the public system then? Well, I, th- I think you have to change the, the system first
0: because you, you know, cannot say, okay, everybody go to public school. There'll be an outcry. Politically, you can't do that. And, and doing that might not be beneficial to all. You know, I mean, it, it's like, you know, in the, in the 60s, or 70s, the communists say, oh, everybody's equal. So they put this minimum standard on everyone, but you can't do that, mm-hmm. right? You have to have. If if I do it, I would say, okay, there are public schools, private schools. The private school have to be more open, have more. Uh, have people, people in the community to have more access to those private schools. Um, they should give scholarship to uh, uh, low-income people who are kids who are smart, but cannot afford to go to private school those kind of system has to be in place but you cannot force everybody to go to public school until you really made that you are sure that that public those public schools are of a certain quality that can
1: take care of your population mm-hmm. what was um, your most memorable experience from school days or kicking around with my friends
0: about <laughs> uh, kicking the butts more than <laughs> kicking the ball. <laughs> you, 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 you were a fighter. You were not really, not really. I'm more. Did you get
1: written down, or do they like? Were you like a?
0: I have a, I have. Uh, well, I'm I'm lucky that I got in. I was I probably I was friendly enough to be able to make a lot of friends who are still are my friends today, till these days. And we have a large group, so when you're in a large group, you can do anything. But we don't go bullying people around and things like that. When I went to the school, a high school in, in Argentina, I was bullied because I was alone. But
1: what
0: that's did, the way it is. What did they? they kind of like, you know, in those days, you know, this funny looking kid, and they're <laughs> Even in an American school there,
1: but it was an international school right? it was
0: an international it was a basically international school not school but it was an American school I made a lot of friends but you know there are a few Chinese a few Japanese and this one weird looking Thai kid you know but that's the way it is get you through life so it kid helped you? And when, I, when I was 8 years old uh, my father went to become in Sri Lanka I went to international school there too for two years, uh, this this American kid, if I remember, yes, he was American. He was like pushing around, pushing me around. So I kind of punched his face and knocked his teeth off.
1: Wow! <laughs> but <laughs> that, that's a pretty solid eight years old. Eight years
0: old. He knocked his teeth off. Uh, yeah, out. because I, I I don't I don't feel like being bullied at then. That's a solid punch. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know why. I I, I think was lucky. I have no, you know, I have no karate or kung fu thing, but lucky. But I liked the way their parents react, though. Their parents um, took this guy. I remember his name is Neil. And came to my house and made his son, their son, apologize to me in front of my parents. And it's kind of, you know, decreased that animosity. We became best friends. I couldn't find him on Facebook yet but became best friends since I mean when I was in school there mm. so I think that that kind of spirit kind of teach me a lesson too does this kind of thing
1: I mean I remember this kind
0: think, of thing doesn't happen much in Thailand that's anymore, what I
1: was going to ask because I had to do that as a kid as well because I was yeah, also the
0: but then parents in Thailand you know they, yeah, it's always these stories about if, if you knock my kid down in the kindergarten then the parents start fighting each other or end up shooting each other in Thailand, sometimes I don't want to scare people off, but you know those things happen. Which this kind of things, you a society has to learn and teach people mm. on way to conduct things, because when you live with a lot of people, you know, I mean, in this congested country, then I, if you don't have kind of a social sanction, a social agreement of what are things to do then, then that, that's problem I hope parents calm themselves down I think it's a kid's stuff no one is at fault actually
1: so if you have any is in your family circle are there any kids in kindergarten or any are you well my daughter is over that age so no okay. she's in college now so no problem <laughs> Okay. <laughs> How did you raise her? What was your, did you like, like did you say, um, let's do the Thai style, let's do the American style? Like, what was your parenting style after having this experience abroad?
0: My father was uh, educated in, uh, in the States too. He went to Boston University and New York, U. And because he's a career diplomat, he raised me as an, Ameri- a, an American style, you know. I have to do, actually, I, I, I'm the only child. I have no brothers or sisters so basically a little bit lonely sometimes but my mother was comforting all the time and i hate and i hate traveling with them when i was young because i kind of lose connection with my friends that's why I, when i came back i refused to join the foreign service but my father raised me to do things on my own my mother tried to make me do things on my own and and even you know as a teenager my father was like raising me okay if you go out take care he doesn't like he's not like a Thai parent Thai parents who are overprotective it's like okay go out no problem
1: that's what you say to your daughter as well
0: yeah 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 and my wife believes the same thing so my daughter is kind of wild sometimes but we are worried I mean and I know my my parents are worried but you have to let them grow. And, and my parents let me grow. So that's a good thing, I guess. I guess that's a good thing, but I I cannot be a judge to say every parent, every parenting should do the same. Mm. You know, because in different circumstances, every every family have their own terms.
1: Did you have your own culture shock after you were kind of raised American and then you entered the Thai system?
0: Well, I'm I'm a mix, you know, because... I was born here mm-hmm. 1961 after 6 months my father was posted in New York so I spent like 4 years pre, pre-kindergarten pre in New York then I came back to kindergarten in Thailand have Thai friends and till you know about grade 4 3 or 4 then when I went to Sri Lanka as I said 2 years and then come back and finish school here till you know till about grade 10 after 10 11 I went to Argentina so I kind of get there's no culture shock in a way because it kind of mixes with me um, and when I come back to work because my my father was a technocrat in the Thai system I kind of know what to expect in my life uh, so I don't get this oh why do they do this mm-hmm. oh, this is not the way they do things in the States or something like that no, I don't get that I understand Thai more than a lot of other uh, probably a lot of more a lot of more than other uh, western educated people from what I talk to them
1: Was your father also the reason why you initially became a technocrat, why you initially joined the... No, I,
0: I, I, I always wanted to be a technocrat in a way, but what, you grow up...
1: That, that is know. like when you were like 10 years old, you're like, one yeah. day I'll be a... Uh, actually, I want, I want to
0: be in the Ministry of Interior, you know, working with working with the people uh-huh. I'm, I was in the, always interested in politics um, because at one point my father was the government spokesman after the of 14, October 14, 1973, those transition period. My father was a government spokesman, so I, in my early preteen, early teen years, I was exposed to that. But when I was young, I would like to be in the Ministry of Interior working as well, in Thai they say which, when it's a district chief you know, uh, it's not the American sheriff but no. <laughs> it's a district chief and you work in the rural areas and that's why I went back I came back and joined NESDB. I couldn't get into the Ministry of Interior because I didn't finish school in Thammasat or Jula, where they have all these groups uh, I would be left out because I'm western educated person but when when you go into a central agency like NSDB you kind of see how policy involves. you get to travel in the rural areas you get to do development projects and things like that so I, I had fun I had fun mm-hmm. and I learned a lot it's good NSDB is also a good school for me
1: my guest uh, on the last episode uh, Jake Needham who you also know very well yeah even, actually one of your menu items is named after him yeah. right
0: uh-huh. uh, well actually we know each other quite well um, he enjoyed coming here and then one day I said Jake what do you eat what, what, why don't you think of a menu for me and he said why don't you do an omelette and uh, I let my chef do it and gave, uh, let him try and said oh this is it this is what I want so I said well, let's, can I name it after you no
1: problem. That's how you got the Jake Needham omelette. So omelet. I got the ne- Jake Needham omelette. One of the things Jake said, I'm paraphrasing him a little bit, wealth and a lot of business in Thailand coming from the accident of owning the right piece of land. It's not really a startup culture. A lot of the new economic developments, whether we're talking about startups or, you know, the yeah. new economy, a lot of that is still kind of the same people. Uh,
0: it's, well, not really. I mean, there are two things. Mm-hmm. because I, I've been involved with when I was uh, in politics before and we were developing this platform to help out startups. We call them SMEs, then small and medium-sized enterprise. They still call that, but you know, this government called it startup and uh, maybe in the tech startup more than anything else, which I have my political opinion on that. But a lot of things that can be done by the villagers, there are programs to help them start on their own, their food business, their whatever. I would agree in a way that with, for example, this piece of land of mine is my father's, my family, and actually this piece of land my father rent out when he was a technocrat. He was traveling all the time. So this piece of land was rented out and the money, but the money from this rent paid me through college.
1: So you have a very personal tie to yes. this place. Yes, so,
0: and right now I have to work this land, like everybody else, to get my daughter through college. Mm-hmm. Basically, I, I'm, I may have an advantage in that. I agree, because, you know, I mean, not people come with the land, not come people with a piece of land in the area. And a lot of people come and wasted it too, you know. But, but I come here, I, I got my piece of land and I have to work on it like everybody else to build my business because I have no business base. No, I, yes, I was an employee in, in large corporations and things like that, but not anymore. And my political career is over currently. <laughs> and, now, and now I have to work this land. So, that's quite the but that's, that's That's the advantage, but there is also... Uh, once I starting becoming my own entrepreneur, in a way, a restaurant of which I have no base at all, you know, I also find that there are a lot of barriers that even people like me with with connections we have to go through, and doesn't pass easily. Mm-hmm. For well, example, uh-huh. I want a loan from the bank, and okay, they treat me nice. They say, oh yeah, I know. but. Because you're a small restaurant, you have the same risk as everyone else. So we're gonna charge you on the loan at 11%. And I said, 11%? Can you get lower than that? Oh, if you use your land as collateral, then we can lower that to about eight or nine. And I said, you know, my piece of land is quite worth it more than a few baht that I would like to get the loan for and I have to put it in collateral. Oh, I have to sign it as a guarantee. Which make me go back to when we talk about. But
1: would someone else even get a loan? Like, I no, mean- no.
0: This is the problem. They 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 face the same thing. But when I was we were doing policy on SMEs, we were trying to force banks to loan out on the cash flow basis. Suppose you have a good project, and it pays. It has this cash flow. It's sound. The concept is sound. It has been analyzed as it's sound. But you have no collateral. Actually, you should be able to get some kind of
1: loan. I think most banks don't give you a loan if you don't have any collateral. Like, I think that's a... But in the gov- when we were in government, we do this people's bank. Mm-hmm.
0: And actually, if you're my friend and I'm yours, we live in the same community. you want a loan, I can guarantee you mm-hmm. without other collateral.
1: So, so, so,
0: what, mm-hmm. so the, my, my, my point is that, yes, a lot of, pe- a lot of SMEs are getting the same deal as, as I am. I'm not getting better. But when you talk about large corporations, let's not name any names, because we don't want to go to court together, Right. they're getting like 2%, 3% on their loan. I was like, well, that's the way it is, I guess. Hmm.
1: So but what do you think was easier for you when doing business due to your prior career?
0: Um, nothing except I have a lot of friends I I, I actually because I'm a politician um, and left office through a military coup, that means I'm still under scrutiny all the time Um, my freedom of speech is limited but that's the political side but what I'm saying is that I have to do everything right. Which is which what you should do. You know? So I mean, you're forced to do everything by the book? By the book. My tax return, everything is by the book. All the construction permits, everything is by the book. I mean, I went to pay the tax for this sign. You have to pay tax on when you put signs up.
1: Right, right. It's like that. If it's the sign has to be in Thai as well, otherwise That's you pay more Something taxes, like that, right? but yeah. or
0: you pay more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, ofi- the official of the district said, Oh. You don't have to pay. Oh, you want to pay? Yes, I want to pay. And it's like she's like, not everybody pays. And I said, you, I have to pay. I have to pay on time. And she said, okay, if you want to pay, okay, let's do it.
1: Okay. But she was surprised that you. She were was all-
0: surprised because, not because she was wrong, but not everybody volunteered to pay. You right. Know? <laughs> but I have to. But the best, but I think if you talk about advantage, I don't get advantage about yeah. the business or the loan. I still don't get that loan yet. I still don't get the loan. So but, I haven't got it? No.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> and, and that's no advantage in that. But the advantage is because I passed through many careers and along the way I have made a lot of friends. So they come and visit. Um, in the first month you open a restaurant, don't be too happy because all your friends are here but afterwards they come back they return as return customers and sometimes they don't want to talk to me anymore they just want the food which made me happy is
1: mm-hmm. there anything you surprising you learned running a business where you're like oh I wish I had known this when I was still in politics
0: um, yeah something like I, the example I gave, you know, about the loan. If I was in, well, actually, I know then, you know, but right. That so what's something
1: new you but, kind of encountered that but, was like,
0: whoa, I didn't. No, I talked to my wife. I said, if we were young and fresh out of college or high school, whatever, and we do a restaurant business, it probably go bust the first six months, because we not we didn't, we probably didn't have that experience, that management, that you know, people relations, talking to employees and things. So. The, the thing is that I appreciate I'm not suggesting to everyone you don't have to get old to open a restaurant of course but with experience it comes it gets it, easier it, yeah it's easier in a way that you know how to deal with things or you solve problem with less emotion you know you don't go out firing people or you don't go mad as you sometimes do you know when you're working at the cashier and then the order is always wrong from your staff and then you said hey come on <laughs> can't do that but the surprise the surprise i think is people are nice customers are nice um i anticipate more problems
1: you thought people would come in and like chant or like yeah something
0: it. like that or complain about your food and things like that I there thought, are some. I thought
1: maybe it would be like old political rivals or so. Well, like actually they were
0: civilized. <laughs> but they did come? Uh, not all of them. Did, they, did, did they order something or did they... But some, yeah, yeah. Um, actually the local MP who was in the Democrat Party uh, with the opposition of me came in the first few days. Maybe they're checking me out but they're happy with the food. A lot of, a lot of politicians from all sides came here. Mm. And I see supporters of of the opposition when I was in government in the st- who were protesting in the streets come here and talk to me nicely and I talk to them nicely of course mm-hmm. um, I think you have to separate that
1: do they leave you bad reviews in Wong Nai or anything like that no
0: no no So Got good reviews yeah. and they were nice enough yeah. some, some people came and looked at the pictures as you see I have pictures of former Prime Minister Yingluck and obviously they don't like her but they didn't say anything So they don't go on shouting, get out, or something like that. Mm -hmm. But they were civilized enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that should be the way. I mean, politics is politics. I mean, there are differences of opinion. um, And sometimes you get angry about things. But in personal life, in regular life, you shouldn't interfere with that. I mean, I'm still a lot of friends with people who protest in the streets. uh, Or even my cousin who... Is on the on my opposite side all the time. In our careers, uh, when we meet in relative function, we still talk to each other. We don't talk politics.
1: So you you do <laughs> We don't so talk you, religion. <laughs> your cousin is former Prime Minister Abiy. Yes. And um, we we're not in contact all
0: the time, of course. But you know, once a year we have to meet. In when someone is getting function. married or yeah, so, something like that.
1: And you don't sit next to each other. Um, but we talk.
0: Uh-huh. I mean we are civilized enough that's not um, in terms of the opinions that it's different we have to leave it at that Uh, but and I I know that he doesn't agree with a lot of things I do I don't agree with a lot of things he did Uh, but you know it doesn't have to stop you from asking how are their kids how's my nephew doing and him asking about my daughter
1: so you're like polite
0: you have to be polite, I guess. That's, I, and, and you know, I mean, I think that's the way it should be. If you want to do mainstream politics, if you want to do, you know, this kind of polarized politics and fight each other to death, I don't think that anyone is beneficial. Hmm. But what do you think when you see, like... But you don't... At that note, I have to really say that, but you cannot compromise your ideals. I mean, I've, I'm a firm believer in democracy. Uh, I don't believe in this government, mm. but I, that doesn't mean that some cabinet ministers that I know who I know in my previous life or my other functions that I cannot talk to them. Mm.
1: How do you feel about, I mean, you spend a lot of time in the US and um, do you follow politics there? Do you?
0: Yeah, I follow politics, especially the, the American politics I follow quite closely. Um, and try to compare it with my country. I, f- I follow Japanese politics and, and other politics too. American politics, yeah, that's how democracy works there. It might not work here totally, but there are some ideas that, that, that
1: should be maintained mm-hmm. in any society. Do you sometimes look at that and say, oh, that's one, I'm going to jot that down. We're going uh, oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we do, do you remember anything where you saw that maybe in the US and like, oh, that's... Um, actually, you know, I, I studied
0: the system and I'm like an American educated kid who watched the West Wing and things like that, you know. Oh, so uh, good. And, and when, beca- when I became Prime Minister Ying Lak chief of staff, I kind of remember a lot of things that they do. I, know, I don't know if that, the, the things that they do in the series is true or not but it works uh, sometimes I experiment with that and it works West, and, uh, you is,
1: West Wing is a very idealized image of like how it should be Yeah, right? how it should
0: be it, it doesn't work that way all the time and in Thai politics it doesn't, doesn't work that way all the time too so now but when there you are good ideas so now when you watch continue. West Wing you're like so unrealistic like <laughs> well I mean there are times that you still want the world to be like that right mm. and I think you and that's what I say about ideals. You have to keep your hope up. Um, I entered politics. And I would like to do a lot of things for my country. I don't end up doing all I could. But when you're there, as the American would say, you know, at your, in, in your watch, mm-hmm. you have to do your best. And I think I, did my, I put in my best. I couldn't say for anyone else. Mm-hmm. But I think I put my best in. I learned a lot of lessons and I learned what can be done and what cannot not be done and maybe if I have another chance to go back, yes. those things that could not be done may be able to do. So you, I think you have to keep that hope alive. Hmm.
1: Do you remember when you first started out, do you think you were more idealistic about yes. things?
0: I think everyone is, right? Hmm. When they were young. I used to have Che Guevara posters on my, in really? my bedroom. Uh, but, and, to the worry of my mother,
1: that you know? <laughs> I could run in the wild. Okay. Do you remember when that changed? Um, like, was there a particular moment, of realization? I, 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 went to NSDB
0: thinking, thinking, at that, and, and I was one of these young people who, who had the opportunity to work closely with the, the boss and things like that. Um, for example, doing, well, I was there doing General Prem's era. And I got to travel with my boss Dr. Sana Unakun, who was the Secretary General of the N S D B along with the Prem Entourage. So I was I was I was be able to, to see power firsthand when I was very young. Um, but when I left I I didn't think I would leave N S D B but I left because I feel disillusioned in a way that you know maybe this is not fast enough. Maybe I was, like, restless um, to change things. And my boss, at that moment, got fired by a politician, actually. Mm. And he's a well-respected technocrat in this country. Uh, I was like, oh, come on, this can't do that. We can't mm. do that. So.
1: Do you feel it's easier to be a good person as a business owner than as a politician?
0: No. I think it's the same. It's the
1: same? If you that's why
0: I'm, I'm, not, I'm not perfect and I have my faults as a politician, as a businessman, as people in the media, you know, and you, you have to accept that, you know, humans are not perfect <clears throat> but I think if, if you have the same ideals, like you're fair to people, when I was in a cabinet position or, or any other position or an MP then I think I was fair to my colleagues, uh, people who, my staff, people who work for me, or even my boss. Um, as a businessman, the same thing you, you have to do. It's good to be the owner of a restaurant in a way that you have, don't have a boss. But actually, you do because you start having to, have to answer to shareholders, right? So you do have a boss. Mm-hmm. So kind of, But you have to be fair, for example, to be fair is one of the ideas that I live my life with. So no matter what your entire say hocon no matter what mask you put on, whatever, no matter what is the status, if you have that, uh, that kind of line of thought alive, you, I think you'll be
1: able to do it. I've been recently reading a book by Dr. Persons who was describing this concept of nibun bùn kun social obligation like the social debt you mm-hmm. incur for receiving favors favors that you often need to get into a career or into a political uh-huh. position in the first place and it's kind of a system that kind of perpetuates because yeah. you get into a position by favor and then you have to repay those yeah. favors how do you feel about that? the Thai that's
0: the it's, it, it's that strength and weakness in that the Thai patronage system is so strong in in all sectors of life, not only in the, in the bureaucracy or politics, even in business. It's a, it's, a, it's a patron-client relationship, so if you are a village head, you know, and you can help your villagers, your villagers owe the debt to you. Some of the politicians do that, you know, they put the, their constituents' kids into school and they, they owe him for life, you know, the vote and everything else. And, and this patronage perpetuates as you say um, but in the past there was a, a, a line where yes patronage worked but the merit system is more important for example if you and a f- I don't know you so I don't know you Kasten but a friend of mine is doing the same business and I'm in a position to give out favors or give a procurement project now if both of you have the same merit you are two are qualified i don't think it's wrong that i pick my friend right because you both are qualified so if you are qualified you obviously there is a an age where oh, we went to the same school and the american system is the same no, the merit system comes first but if you're both qualified oh you went to the same class as i do and let's 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 trust you more mm-hmm. it's the basic of trust but but But, but but Mm -hmm. in the Thai system uh, in the past it worked in my father's generation it worked quite well that's why the Thai bureaucracy was able to be the the core uh, dynamic of economic development in in this country but patronage now is so much that it doesn't matter what you are it matters who you know so even if you are you came up to the to a an agency with the best project in the world you may not be able to compete with the director's general's mistress who have a small company mm. you think this got actually worse over your lifetime it got worse it got worse it got worse because it mixes with a lot of money so
1: in the past, there was no money, so it wasn't. There a problem, was money,
0: or? but there was there was the the merit system was still very strong. But mm. right now, everybody abuses it. Mm. Everybody abuses the patronage system mm. in a way that. I think we have to start raining controls on that. Mm.
1: Have you to slightly change? But it's a
0: cultural thing. It's right. not only mm-hmm. law, right? Right. It's education. It's formal and mm. informal education. It's code of ethics of what you can do and not do and it has to be taught when you are young Mm -hmm. for example we will talk about kids fighting before if kids uh, kids were fighting and the parents were talking in the terms that is fair to both and not use influence to say oh my kid is because I gave to the school so the school have to side with my kid it's going to be a problem right Mm -hmm. but if the school can treat those kids fairly they learn a lesson that you have to be fair they learn a lesson that you have to live together and respect each other which is the basis of
1: democracy have you ever taken an uber Hmm? have you ever taken an uber Uh Um, are you aware of the current uh, issues with uber and taxis Uh what do you think about that
0: I'm more open I think I think you can let's you have to say that Uber is, is a, dif- it's a different kind of animal that happens in this world right? and I guess you have to accept that that's the way business is going for me I think whatever is best for the consumers the government should try to make it mm-hmm. just some background by the way to so, listeners. so, so, so uh, that means that if Uber comes in and they can make the taxis here improve themselves, why not? Competition is always good. That's what I believe.
1: So you would be on the side of the business versus no, on the side of No, it's the not
0: business. It's about, it's about competition. I mean, I'm not going to favor anything about Uber. And Uber, if it comes in as an international conglomerate or whatever kind of business they do, they, may have, they have to be subject to taxes and things like that. Maybe even more than Thai. I'm not going to be dishonest about that. But there there has to always also be a program where Thai taxis are not taking advantage going Mm. in and say, "Oh, you are a foreigner. I can charge you more than me because I'm a Thai." Mm. That shouldn't happen, right? And if and if you say that, that's a problem in Bangkok. Go in Phuket go mm-hmm. to Chiang Mai, and you, st- you start seeing all these illegal
1: taxis, it's a lot worse. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that struck me about transportation in Bangkok is, I, I live in Ratchadapisek, uh-huh. and there's two underpasses, two tunnels, yeah. and I think by law, motorcycles are not allowed to use yeah. tunnels. So once a month, there's a police checkpoint at the end of the tunnel that you know, finds all the motorcycles coming out of the tunnel. Why are I mean maybe I haven't seen it, but why aren't there police checkpoints at the BRT lines? Because all the cars keep l- using that those public bus lines, and wouldn't that be a much more community-serving checkpoint? Well, maybe you know I mean,
0: we we were I was in a government where we tried try to do this traffic thing too, um, unsuccessfully. I think the problem here is the structure infrastructure. That's one thing you have to really re- reorganize the roads here. Actually this government, like every other government, have tried to eliminate this random checkpoints. Recently I see it returning. And they tend to find more people in Japanese cars than if you drive a Mercedes-Benz.
1: That's what I was always thinking because in a Mercedes you never know who's inside. Yes. But in a Toyota you've got a safe yes. bet that you're not going to get in trouble. How did you go from, you know, politics to coal?
0: I guess it's, uh, it's my love. I mean, I've been traveling all around the world and enjoy eating. Mm-hmm. You have to enjoy eating to be able to do this thing. Uh, and when I was a minister in 2006 and got thrown out by the coup, I didn't know what to do. So I start my own company doing small TV shows uh, and radio shows. I was radio talk shows. And, and I was doing I was something like you but not podcasts and I also uh, have still have my political commentary I write for the Bangkok Post but then I have this crazy idea of actually I was talking about SMEs and I was like doing let's do a TV show that you know yeah. help restaurant help SME to have a voice but not a voice to protest anything a voice to show their work show their business advertise a bit um and be able to tell stories. So I did that, and I end up, you know, having a section where I do restaurants. I also have a section where I do books review because Thais don't read that much, so I feel that people should read books, and, you know, we were doing books review, uh, interviewing the authors and things like that, but the, the section on the restaurant was very popular. This was like, oh, almost 10, 12 years ago, 10 years ago. And it was just the starting phase of TV food shows you know. now everybody is doing it so I was interviewing chefs I was interviewing owners I was interviewing the staff sometimes um, but mostly chefs and owners of why they do their business why they want to start their business uh, and what is their lesson what is their lesson what are the thoughts, What what things you want to explain about and I end up interviewing like hundreds of restaurant chefs, of course, tasting food and gain weight. And that stuck in my mind. Was
1: that the reason why you did the chef interviews? <laughs> like, oh, that's, let's interview that place. let's <laughs> yes, interview like- that
0: place. Um, but I always pay. Uh-huh. That's what I insist. I always pay for, for the food. I'm doing the American way. Maybe mm. that's wrong. Do you do you know? And that? I don't get paid by the restaurant.
1: Mm. Good question. If you have like food reviewers come into your place, do you know which one? Like you know which? M- it's a different world then. Some of them. Some of th-
0: them are anonymous, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they have blogs these days. Especially, uh, which, which keep you on your toes. Mm-hmm. When I was doing the TV show, there are no real internet mm-hmm. in the way of food blogs and things like that. And in Thailand, you know, don't, you don't write bad, bad reviews in the papers. There's no bad reviews in the papers. Right.
1: You don't want to get sued.
0: Yeah. And then you, I, I start doing a food column and I stop writing because I start doing the American way, you know, saying I went to this restaurant. and This food is good. This fun is, you know, you can improve and start getting calls from we were talking about patronage people I know that. didn't you know that they own this restaurant you should know that they own this restaurant next time you come and I'll treat you right
1: oh the patrons of the restaurant yes. like the the, 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 own the real owners the real owners I was like why didn't you tell me that you come to my restaurant I said, no I didn't want to do that were they calling nicely or were they like they were calling
0: nicely okay because they don't want to they don't want to write again I guess <laughs> write bad things about them again but that's not the way it is in, in, the, in the states or in the western countries where you can really comment so I'm happy with food blogs, you know. They mm. really go through
1: writing good and bad comments. Um, Do you notice a difference between the Thai reviewers and the foreign reviewers? Um, yes,
0: yes. I think the foreign reviewers will be more honest. I mean, if you go into TripAdvisor and you, you want to check out a place, I always go into the TripAdvisor because you get this, all these foreign um, comments, which I think more mm. honest. But uh, in the Thai one, you probably have to know, too. Um, and, and even in the foreign one, there are manipulations in those blogs in a way, too. You, know, you get paid by the restaurant to write good things about you. Right. So if you, if you read enough, you know that this comment is valid and this is not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm happy. Um, and knock on wood on that I'm happy with the reviews I get on my cafe Facebook uh, it, it's been quite good mm-hmm. and I hope we can continue that good service
1: I, I actually like um, the Thai review uh, app or Wong Nai because yeah. it is dish specific it doesn't just yeah, tell yeah. you to go to a restaurant but it's yeah. like
0: specific dishes no, right yeah and it comes and, and I always read them too because you have to check them out right. if we did anything wrong or not but I was like um, reading it and then I suddenly talked to my manager and my staff. It has to be that guy, you know, that guy <laughs> that come in the morning. <laughs>
1: so, What do people usually recommend at your place? What do, what do the reviewers really like here? Um, I think I did this
0: restaurant on my own. Mm-hmm. I decorated on my own. I changed a lot of things on my own. And the menu I picked was actually mostly my favorite dishes. Uh, so I guess, and I'm here as an owner, not as a former politician. I do, I take out, I take orders. You don't I kiss any
1: babies. You don't shake uh, hands. No, no. Well,
0: I shake hands if they pay me well. I mean, for the for the food. <laughs> well, are some people that come in and take my pictures and things like that. that that's nice of them that they still remember me but I, I run my own business um, what I'm trying to say is that when you are a restaurant you have to really run your own business so that customer feel that you are there take care of their problems and the customer always say that you know the staff here are very nice because once the staff see you work they know you care and they care and we have to have meetings and things like that so, so, the thing is that the food is, the price is okay. The price, I, I try to set the price where you can eat here every day and not, you know, lose your wallet or lose the money you have. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's a, the concept of all the breakfast is that you can come here every day mm-hmm. and you can enjoy the food. It's not a, not all the, all the menu items are 200 baht pay, plates where you probably can go once a month. It's like 65, 55 Uh, or even Egg Benedict here is advertised a little bit 95 baht you know so I mean you can get Egg Benedict in a fancy restaurant at 200 some baht but I'm sure our Egg Benedict is not different or maybe even better than those those dishes Mm -hmm. and the margin is of of course thinner than the 200 baht page Mm -hmm. but the the good part is that we get the more volume so when you ca- have a customer who comes in here every day order the same American breakfast set every day and I'm happy because he, he starts when he has money, for example, he, if his salary is out, he orders the 200 baht menu plate of mine mm-hmm. and he enjoys it. But day to day, yes, he has his coffee, he, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I kind of see the way of life, mm-hmm. and you should do that because actually, if you own a restaurant, um, I don't want to say luck because I always I do that. I try to design it that way, but it's also luck that you know you have sixty or seventy percent that you have family faces, you have a a loyal loyal set of customers here. Mm-hmm. So, but the mm-hmm. challenge now for me is that. I, I, my investors and I would like to open other branches.
1: Okay, you, you have investors? Yes. And... Um, it like. used to be fully
0: owned by me, but now because of the expansion, because of actually a fr- friends of mine want to participate, and we, I also have Japanese friends who fill my needs because we, as we are more food, but no bakery, no dessert. End up, I have to source out from other places, which charge me so much. So I start thinking, I have to do my own bread. Mm-hmm. If I have a kitchen, why not do my own bread? But then I found out that it's not that easy. <laughs> Luckily, I have a Japanese friend who have a friend who's interested to come to Bangkok already mm. to establish his business. How,
1: how do you meet these people? Are they like, do they come in and have a coffee? Like, um,
0: some of them are just just met here. But my Japanese friend, I knew him for a long time. I knew him, and we were friends. We never had business together, but we were drinking buddies, oh, in a way.
1: From university,
0: or...? No, no, from from this recent life, you know. Okay. When I was in politics, and he know a Thai friend of mine, and we we know each other, and we became friends. And that's good, because we became friends first before business. And And he's well-known. I mean, he's not... He is well respected in the Japanese community. Mm -hmm. So he have all the information where people want to come and invest. And he also try to select the ties that he trusts because he doesn't want to lose his reputation. So when he was my good friend, he said, "Okay, I know this group. And they're much younger than, than we are. You know, they're like 30s, in their 30s, all hardworking and still have the drive. I said, "Okay, I like these kids. And we start talking and then, they say okay I want to invest with you so they they took 20 percent of my company and starting putting all the bakery Mm -hmm. uh, machines in and start doing bread and things like that so we're happy and you're gonna expand we're gonna expand because I think this is now a business opportunity for us and 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 my partners but and that's the challenge that I'm talking about is how can I keep my branches or places in other places as with this warm or with this kind of ambience of owners looking after. So I'm, take, I'm taking, I'm not franchising it because franchise would just be a business. I'm trying to get partners who love the business like I do and is willing to spend time. If not as much as me, more than me, it would be better of course but you know, spend time looking after their business. And it has to be a community-based place. Mm. That means that it's not gonna be like, oh, you go to the Brainwake in other places, it's the same everywhere. This is not Starbucks. Although Starbucks is a good model where they try to personalize things and let's try to learn from them too. But you, know, you can go to, for example, Brainwake Tonglong be a different, semi-different concept with the bakery factory there with the macrobiotic more healthy food to the trend or in Sathon, we have a smaller place so I would like to do experiment with the American diner style you -hmm. know things like that
1: do you you think your business will change when your daughter graduates from college and you don't really have to you know you're like yeah well whatever now
0: no not really because I'm, I'm happy now I don't think my daughter would come and take over, if she comes and take over the business, that's good for her. But I, oh, want, just no, I want her to have a life of her own. So after, in five years, I hope I can build this business to be stable enough to give me a, a stream of cash flow, not, not only for my daughter in the future, but when I get to old age, where you, know, you kind of need money for retirement.
1: And health insurance.
0: Health insurance which is so damn expensive. Yeah. My God. But you know, I now have a health insurance for myself because Thai politicians, the insurance company, don't sell health insurance to politicians really? in Thailand. Yes. Because they say, I always ask that. And they say, oh, you have an unstable job. You may be out of your job anytime, you know, kick out of the office or...
1: Like... <laughs> 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 well um, okay so they're worried that a
0: politician cannot pay the f- what do you call it the annual the, the N-O fees oh, okay. the premium <laughs>
1: okay well okay well thank you very much Pung um, for thank you t- for coming t- here sure and uh, people if they want to come to Brainwake uh, how do they find you what should they order on their first visit um, we are open 7 to pro- 7 7 o'clock in the morning to mm-hmm. 7 at night
0: um, it's an all day breakfast so there's all kind of breakfast stuff Um, pan fried eggs American breakfast you get two eggs bacon ham a sausage and a piece of toast for 65 baht do you make profit on that? (laughs) Um, barely okay Uh, but we make profit on other things so hopefully you eat more other things for us we have good coffee here from Chiang Rai Uh Uh
1: what's the coffee?
0: (laughs) um it's selected by our Japanese partners. We have a Japanese, another, another Japanese partner who do the roasting and he selects coffee. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to start more, mm-hmm. getting more varieties and selections. Mm-hmm. I, did, um, I tried
1: an Americano last time I was here. I really liked it. So it good Yeah. Coffee. So we,
0: we try to make it Thai-based. But other, other country coffee, we're now experimenting with that. Um, so you should order here. You should order Eggs Benedict. You should order Needham Ham Omelette quite popular and we also have a few you know tofu salad by TV presenter Kampaka Thai TV presenter <coughs> she does this tofu salad with uh, balsamic and choyu Japanese style nice so for those who doesn't take meat, we have the salad we have the, a few varieties of things <coughs> and we have the Thai noodles at lunch which is the original Thai noodles
1: mother was selling in the boat around victory monument can i ask you something about boat noodles i uh, heard uh, this i heard this urban myth yeah that's somewhere like the in the very traditional boat noodles recipe there's weed that's have weed you, have you ever heard of that um traditional thai would,
0: would probably have weed in a lot of things you know <laughs> really? i mean if you um eat some green curry and you start laughing then there's <laughs> already something in there <laughs> no but there are different spices which even me don't know The
1: a uh, secret secret formula secret formula boat so noodles. you have to try okay well <laughs> great um, um thank you very much thank you very much for being and here and i hope our listeners will give your boat noodles and uh, ex benedict uh, a try uh, thank you and that's it from brood in bangkok for this episode If you like the show, please go to iTunes and leave it a five-star rating. If you would like to find out more about the show, you can go to broodinbangkog.com and the website will redirect you to more information about the podcast, show notes and more background information about our guests and anything else you want to know about the show or me. Until next time.